I'm Anna Marie Seisling, and this is Curiosity, where WDET finds the answers to your questions about everything Detroit. Christopher Ram and there used to be Times Square in Detroit. There's a people mover stop still. I know there's a street, but there used to be an actual square. And I think the square is named after the old newspaper, the Detroit Times. But where was the newspaper headquartered? And also, how big a paper was the Times? Okay, so there are a few parts to Chris's question. First, let's hop on the people mover and get to the location in question. This is the Times Square station. We're standing in one of many, many, many surface level parking lots in Detroit that you wouldn't think it was any different than any of the others except for the fact of what stood here once before. That's Dan Austin, a local historian who runs the website historicdetroit.org. We're standing in a triangular parking lot at the corner of Cass and Times Square, which was once home to the Detroit Times newspaper. And across the street is the Rosa Parks Transit Center, which used to be Times Square Park. The Detroit Times was first published in 1900 under the name Detroit Today, but went into receivership pretty quickly. It was around that same time the name was changed to the Detroit Times. And it was bought in 1921 by William Randolph Hearst of Citizen Kane fame. Rosebud. Right, the, the, the Rupert Murdoch of his day. When Hearst purchased the paper, he commissioned architect Albert Kahn to build a palace worthy of the growing Detroit Times. Kahn had also built the Free Press Building on Washington and Cass and the Detroit News Building on Lafayette and 3rd. The Times Building was completed in 1929, and it was more or less a one-stop shop. Everything you would need to create a newspaper in 1929, you could find under one roof. Everything from selling ads for it to printing, you know, printing the papers on these giant presses that used to shake the building. But the presses weren't the only thing that shook the building. One of the, on the circulation fellows brought a horse up into the newsroom. Actually brought it up on a freight elevator and, and the horse was in the newsroom. And uh, one of the rewrite uh, reporters, rewrite desk, was talking to some woman from Gross Point. She was calling a celebrity type. And he said, lady, speak a little louder. There's a horse looking over my shoulder. That's Mitch Kahitian, a former reporter at the Detroit Times. He started in 1953 as a copy boy when he was just 22 years old. He says the newsroom of about 34 people was full of colorful characters, and it was not uncommon for a horse or burlesque performer to show up during the workday. We look back, and there were fun days, but there were also competitive days. Uh, the idea then was to beat the Detroit News. We didn't compete that much with the Free Press because it was a morning paper. At that time, the news and the Times were afternoon. The Times pulled it off, for a while at least. With Hearst's sensational tabloid-style headlines, the Times hit its peak in 1950 with around 440,000 readers every day. It drew a lot of its sales from the streets of downtown Detroit. And this made sense because the Times was a pretty Detroit-centric paper. However, this also ended up being one of the reasons it would eventually die out. By 1950, certainly by 1960 when the paper closed, I mean, Detroit had started bleeding population. So seeing this, the free press and the news had already started making inroads into the, the upstart suburbs. But the Detroit Times basically began and, and died there at the city limits. And journalism was changing. 
People were getting their news from different places, and more and more papers were focusing less on urban areas exclusively. More people had televisions at home, car radios, and simply put, Detroit itself was changing too. Kahitian remembers the night in November of 1960 when it all came to a head. The night the paper died. Uh, I had gone into the paper on a Sunday night, because at that time I was working uh, Sunday night police beat shift. And that was at the uh, police headquarters on Bobian Street. I went, I picked up my desk phone, which is automatic to the newsroom, about 2.30, and it was dead. And I said, gee, that's strange. And uh, I asked him, I said, uh, John, John Neiman, who was a longtime reporter at the news, said, I said, can I use your phone to call the Times? I, my phones are dead. And... Uh, so he picked up the phone to, directly to the news and said, hey, Kahisha wants to use the phone. I said, okay, yeah. Why? He's, well, he can't get through. They said, well, yeah, because we bought it. It's done. It's closed. And that's how I found out. After that, Kahishan went back to the Times building, and there were already police surrounding it. I went to the side entrance to take the freight elevator, and the cop says, where are you going? I said, I work here. Not anymore, young man. They shut it down in the morning, but nobody would know. Uh, they made you feel like uh, you were going to sneak in and destroy property. It was like they treated us like crap, you know, and that was a lot of resentment. Once the Times was bought out, its staff scattered, with some of the lucky ones landing jobs at the Free Press and the News and at papers in other big cities. Kahitian went on to work for a paper in Columbus, Ohio, and then later became the editor of the Macomb Daily here in Metro Detroit. But nearly 60 years later, Kahitian says he still has dreams about the Detroit Times. Even after all this time, because what I do is, I, I think of the old times and then the reporters that I worked with, and I realized they're all gone. The Detroit News used the printing presses inside the Detroit Times building for a few years, but eventually those became obsolete and the building was closed in 1975. It was demolished in 1978. Times Square Park, just across the street, also became a parking lot and was eventually turned into the site for the Rosa Parks Transit Center, which opened in 2009. Wow. The parking lots can only tell their stories, you know. I'm Anna Marie Seisling, WDET News. WDET's Curiosity is supported by Michigan Science Center. More at mi-sci.org.